Money Mind, expanding your mind when it comes to money matters. Here's your host, Tanya Carlson from Amplify Wealth Management. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Money Mind. Today, we'll be hearing from someone who I always find has a wonderful, positive outlook on life. Our guest is Colin Cusper, the Managing Director of the Ayers Group. Uh, Ayers provide contract management, migration and payroll services. Now, Colin grew up in the UK and worked in various sales roles in health and fitness and the pharmaceutical industry. He also grew up with a love and passion for football, that's soccer to us Aussies, mm-hmm. um, and played for his hometown club, Cheshire United, before moving to Berkhamsted and Maidenhead United. He gained his UEFA coaching badge, which took him to the USA to coach football. And after his time in the US, he did what all good young Englishmen do and went backpacking with a mate through Southeast Asia and Australia. Uh, Colin got hooked on life in Oz and at the time was working in a payroll company and was lucky enough to get sponsored to stay on for four years and even luckier to meet his now wife, Louise. And so now we get to call him our Colin. Welcome to the show, Colin. Thanks, Tanya. It's quite emotional hearing that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. If it's a bit emotional, why? What What got you? Oh, just uh, looking back on life and looking seeing how back, I got here. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, funny how things happen. And it I've is. got to stay positive, right? You do, you do now, <laughs> now that I've dobbed you in for being positive. You, do, you definitely do. Look, I like to start by asking everyone two quick questions. Um, the first one is, are you a spender, saver or in-betweener? If you ask my wife, she'd say spender. Yeah. Um, but because you've asked me the question and she's not here, Um, I'm I'm an in-betweener, so I like to save a bit, like to spend a bit. Fair enough. Okay, we'll come back to money matters uh, a little bit down the track, but the second one is can you tell us about your cultural background and upbringing? I've sort of already said you're from the UK, but I think it's nice to share um, with people a little bit about how you grew up. How I grew up? I didn't really grow up too much because I'm only five foot six and a bit. All my (laughs) mates just took off. Um, No, no, obviously joking there, but, uh, yeah, how I grew up... um, yeah, it, it, I wouldn't say it was an easy upbringing. Uh, Mum and dad didn't have too much money, but uh, uh, they were workers. And uh, I think, you know, for, for, for me, seeing them work hard, um, that instilled that within me. Um, so, you know, mum was always the talker. Um, yeah. Dad was a little bit quieter. He had Parkinson's disease. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, mum, mum, mum went out to go and work and sort of do the things that mum and dad did so she was the one that sort of you know did all the hard work and uh, you know tried to care for him as well yeah. um but uh no no you know my upbringing it was good you know love love my football um yeah. obviously England rains a lot as well so uh it was it was all, always out in the park behind the the, the family house kicking a ball um yeah. but um yeah no it was, it, it was a good upbringing you know really close family um right. really close mates and uh yeah you'd, you'd always see me out in the park kicking a, a tin can or a, or, a, or a football with uh, with mates Excellent. Well, I thought I might start our conversation at the place where I guess I, I first met you, which was when you joined Ayers Group. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Ayers and, and how you came to be part of them? Really interesting story, actually. Or Yeah, good question. Um, I used to work for a uh, competitor in, in the market. And um, bizarrely enough, my, my son's 13 years old now. And uh, I'd, I'd said to my wife, um, I, was, I'd, I'd just started work for another company and if anyone hears this that knows me, they'll know who the company is because we then acquired them. Um, but uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, I'd, I'd, I'd been there about three weeks. My wife was pregnant with uh, with Lockie, and um, yeah. I'd said to my wife Louise, I said, "This is going to be the shortest job that I've ever had." 
Um, and it wasn't the industry, but it was the, the individual that was running the company, um, you know, to me had a bit of a, uh, a bullying mentality, you know, to his staff and I didn't like it, but, um, yeah, we, we, we thought Lou would go full term. Lockie dropped about three weeks early and Ooh. lo and behold, I was, I stayed with, with, with the company. So I, I stayed there for about two and a half years, um, waited for a commission check to come in. And I've been saying to my wife pretty much every day, that I just can't stand this anymore. Yeah. So, um, you know, I chose to leave. It was, it was in a January soon after Christmas, cashed the check. And, um, anyway, I spoke to the, uh, the director at the time and I said, Look, I'm, I'm going. So the first thing I did after that was go and go and speak to, uh, one of our, um, customers. And I said, look, David, I said, um, uh, just wanted to let you know the first person that, uh, I'm leaving. And, yeah. um, you know, he, he said, Oh, sorry to hear that. You know, things have been good, blah, blah, blah. What are you going to do? And I said, I just don't know. Yeah. Um, about five minutes later, one of his other directors called me, which was another David. And he said, uh, Hey, Cole, we've got a guy that you should speak to. Um, he's in the industry. He's looking for someone to run the company. You know, even if you don't want the job. And I remember, remember the words vividly. He said, even if you didn't, don't, don't want the job, you'll enjoy the conversation. Right. Um, so he introduced me to a guy called Patrick, um, which is my now business partner. So uh, I, I enjoyed more than the conversation. And uh, that, was, that was about <laughs> ten, 10 years ago. It's, uh, it's often not what you know, it's who you know, isn't it? But sometimes there's those moments where people connect the dots and, and connect people to those that they need to meet and, and the magic happens. Big yes. believer in people. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And look, I, I guess since you've joined Airs and since I've known you, um, I've seen it grow um, and I guess, you know, expand your service offerings. What kind of lessons stand out to you when you, and, and you, you know, I'm putting this question on you without any notice, but if you look back on the last 10, 12, was it 10, 12, 13 years with Airs? Yep. What lessons stand out when you are planning to grow and scale a business? <laughs> Big question. Yeah, really, again, interesting question. Is that there's a lot of different things because um, I remember uh, one of our first board meetings, uh, we were back in the day, 10 years ago, we were turning over $22 million. And, you know, it's nice if that was all ours. It wasn't. It was people pay us. We, we take a percentage and it was $22 million, which sounds a hell of a lot of cash, which it, which it is, um, yeah. but that, that wasn't profit. Um, and, and I remember walking out one of our first board meetings and Pat just seemed to pluck this um, dollar figure out of the air. And he said, I think we can be a $100 million company within five years. And I thought, well, how, how the hell is that going to happen? And, you know, that, that was a thought back then, but I think it's just really having, you know, tenacity and a thought process. And, you know, sometimes you are on your knees thinking, geez, you know, are we going to get the money from a customer? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? What happens if it fails? Yeah. And, um, you know, so that, 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 was, that was a really big eye-opener for me. Um, there's obviously been, you know, over the last 10 years, but even, even in the, even the last two, everyone's been through the, uh, the COVID-19 yeah. experience. And I was back in the UK um, when it all first happened, when Mr. Morrison, um, as I was drinking a pint of beer, you know, uh, in, in a pub in, in Westminster, and he said, any foreign nationals looking to come home, um, better do so quickly and at the time I didn't think it was me and you know took yeah. another sip of the pint and uh, yeah it, 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 that that was really an eye-opener for me out of the last 10 years there's definitely been ups and downs there's been you know pluses and minuses um, you know it's been quite emotional for staff as well um, yeah. but that was that was really the pinpoint or should I call it it's called pinnacle or the low point for me because yeah. um, I as, as as I made the phone call to Pat to say should we 
should we from from the UK this was um, yeah. you know should we send the staff home because I don't know what's happening back in in Australia and before I'd yeah. left everything seemed seemed fine yeah. um and you know to me back then which is only two years ago two years ago seems like yesterday for for, for, for me that was a really sort of what I thought was a scary moment because uh, mm. I didn't know if I'd got COVID. I was just about to go and stay with mum. She's had pneumonia before and I thought if I've got it and I pass it on, what's what's going to happen? And then having to travel back and spend 14 days in isolation um, without the kids and the wife. So, um, yeah, yeah it, 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 was a, it was a mixture of different things. But really for me, that was the real sort of standout because you don't know, or I didn't know at the time, if we were going to have a company left. And there's a lot yeah. of people that have, have, have been through this experience yeah. Um, and have had a really tough, tough, tough ride. But uh, that that really stood out to me. That out, uh, yeah, pe- people well, people really matter. You know, just because I had a bad experience, everyone else is going through a sort of similar thing as well. I think um, you know it's it's an interesting point. I was going to ask you how COVID's affected the business, but I I know I, I said in my intro that you you're always very positive. I think it was probably the one time I didn't see positivity when that first occurred, and and I think that. To be honest, I don't think you're alone in that, um, including myself. And and I'm I'm a natural optimist as well. But it it was something we'd never been able to prepare for. You know, you can prepare for the ups and downs of business, uh, and and some people will call that risk management. Management, but this was a risk we'd never actually even thought about, and it was happening quickly and it was happening globally. Um, and so everybody, no one quite knew whether they were going to be having doors to open the next day, which was which was really frightening. Um, obviously, two years out now, um, and and the word pivot probably drives everybody crazy. But <laughs> I mean, did you did you have to pivot in some way, or was it literally just bunkering down and looking after everybody? A bit of both, really. It, it, it was a bit of both because there was there was a lot of different things. I think the pivot for me was um, it, interesting. You say it's the first time you see me negative I, I probably had to pivot back to being positive because when you've got a company it's it's not just yeah. it's not just you you've got to think about you know you've got to think about the other 20 staff or however many staff that you employ and of course the customers um so the pivot was hey Carl you've got to get out of this you know it's not going to last forever yeah um and who knows you know we could have COVID forever but we, we're going to deal with it yeah. um you know so I think the positivity you know that's it, it's definitely changed um, you know, with, with, with regards to back then, um, yeah, it was it was really about, well, hey, what can we do? Um, mm. We can't change the, the external factors. What can we do? Um, yeah. And again, I remember speaking to Pat and, you know, he was going, right, well, what do we do? And, you know, it, it was really just straight to the point. He said, well, Cole, you know, we've got all the staff. We're going to keep all the staff. It doesn't matter. We've, we've got to this point anyway. You know, if we've got to go into a bit of negativity in terms of dollars, then, then, then we'll do that because we'll come back out of it. And I said, well, how yeah. do we save money? He said, well, we just look at, got, got to look at the, the costs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously you've got your, your overhead costs of, of staff. That wasn't going to change. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got your, your building. You know, that wasn't going to change either. Um, but there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's your fixed costs that you can't change. But there's, there's some of those things that you do spend. Um, it was like, well, let's bunker down and, you know, let, let's go, go into this. And if we can, you know, cut some costs somewhere, you know, and I, I, I think about some of the business that were affected back then because of us. And I look at the uh, the cleaning business. We weren't going into the office. Yeah. So, you know, it's it was a hard conversation to go and speak to Rene, the cleaner, and say, hey, mate, you know, thanks for the service. You know, you do a great job, but we don't actually need you for 
whenever New South Wales government tell us we can go back into the office. Yes, of um, course. So it was about the negative effect on, on other people. Yeah, you know, that, it, it, it was tough, but we, we made some, you know, right choices. Mm. And, you know, the business, um, again, I don't want to shout about it, but, you know, we, we've, we, whilst we, we took a hit, um, you know, we, we've gone from strength to strength. And that's, you know, because we've got a really good customer ba- database. Um, and, you know, over and above that or alongside it, should I say, We've got a really good bunch of, you know, people in, in terms of a team. And, you know, they, they've, they've gone through the highs and the lows through this as well. And everyone's got a different sense on on COVID or um, Omicron or <laughs> yeah. whatever the next the next one is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you refer to the team and I, w- I was going to ask you about your leadership style, which, which I might sort of have a double-ended question here and sort of say, what is your leadership style? But what I... What I also think is the strength of theirs is you've got some really long-term team members. And you're right. I think the way that I see you guys have got through this is by being like a family and, and making the, the the good and the tough decisions together, really. Would, would that be right? I'd like to think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we, we've got some staff members that have been with us for like 16, 17 years. Uh, you know, we've got another one that's 15, another one 10, 12 years. And, you know, another girl started today. Yeah, um, okay. so, so there's an array, an array of staff, uh, and, uh, a, a different uh, different level of experience. But yeah, I think you know the, the family side of things is is the really big thing that sort of pulled us through, and yeah. um, you know that that's what the teamwork is to me. And yeah. if I look back on, let's call it negativity, um, you know, I don't. It's, it's a horrible word, um, yeah. but uh, you know, I, I look back on some of the people that I used to work for. And, and work with and um, you know people sometimes say well wh- wh- you know what did you do how did you get this experience and I, I always used to I, I've worked in a few jobs before I came to Australia and then worked you know for a few you know over here and I always looked at people that I respected and thought well hold on that's great um, you know and, and, and I go back um, back back to one of my first not first jobs but probably second second or third jobs as a, a barman waiter and uh, I, I still look at a guy called, his name was Stephen Van Avinen, a, a Dutch guy that was the general manager of a, um, it was a knockdown rebuild hotel. And um, I'd served some food to a customer and um, Stephen had come over to help because he, he realised that we were under pressure and he delivered some food for me to a table, to a couple. I think it was on Valentine's Day actually. And uh, when I went back, you know, to go and clear the, clear the plates, they're like, oh, you know, that's uh, the, the head waiter, really good guy. I said, he's not the head waiter. He's actually the head of the whole hotel. Yeah. And, you know, I suppose it was then over the years and, you know, different jobs, I've, I've always taken the good in people and thought, I hope I can be as good as that. Mm. And then you look at the bad, um, which I go back to, you know, a prior experience when I left and obviously had that experience to, 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 to meet with Pat. Yeah. And, you know, you look at the bad and go, I'm not going to treat people like that because that's not the way I was brought up. That's not the my family values or, or you know, what we brought in as company values. Yeah. And, you know, I like to look at the good in everything, you know, and you've got to look at the bad or the, or the negative and say, well, yeah. hey, I don't need that with me. So, yeah, the, 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 the family we call, call it heirs, I, I think that's really something that's really got us through. You know, there's, yeah. there, there's been not, not casualties, um, you know, we, we, we've, you know, through, through the COVID experience, but we've yeah. had members of staff um, that have left us because they've had external um, situations mm. and it's, it's hard to see. But you know, it's 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 life, and you know, it's 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 to me, it's about giving a shit about people. 
um, because you can have good systems, you can have good processes, um, you could have good IT, you know, product. But, you know, I've always said, unless you've got good people to back that up, it actually doesn't mean anything. Doesn't matter. IT doesn't feel anything, but people do. 100%. Yeah, I really agree with that. Where do you go for support? I mean, when you're feeling that you're facing something that's uh, new or or something's weighing on your mind or, or you want to try something new, what's your go-to method or person or what, how do you deal with that? Cold beer. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Scrub that one. No, no. I, I jest on that. Um, you know, re- to me, it's flip it back on its head, people. Do I go and speak to my wife? Yes, I do. Does she understand the business? No, don't, don't expect her to. Um, but you know, family and friends, and um, I think the other the, the other one for me is uh, is exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whilst it's actually not going to somebody to go and speak to them, I think having a having a really clear head is. I find you know going out for a run or going to the gym, I can. Yeah. It's my peaceful place, as it were. Um, yeah. I can, and interestingly, I think you can get negative thoughts away. And sometimes what's actually quite scary, one of the sales the, the sales managers that works for us, she said, don't go to the gym because you come back with loads of ideas. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I find it's my peaceful place. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you, you talk about soccer or football. Um, you know, I, I don't play anymore, but um, I, I always found that, you know, the football pitch was somewhere that I can just lose myself in, in the moment, you know, go and chase the ball, try and score a goal. Yeah. Um, you know, pass to a teammate. It's it's the euphoria of it, and I think you know, sport for me is my get out. Yes, okay. Yeah, now, and speaking of mates and, and, and my wife. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's great. And and you actually said to me, uh, I think, or well, when we were talking on email, what communicating on email, um, that you you learned a lot about business through your sport. I mean, is that what you're referring to? That sort of teammate avenue, and then just clearing the head through movement or whatever's got to happen there or is there other greater lessons yeah maybe there's greater lessons i think i'm just fortunate to 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 get into a team sport Mm. um you know it's not to say that an individual sport can't teach you the same but you know for for me a standout is 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 sport and that's probably one of the reasons why i've I've coached football as well because i sort of wanted to give something back to a sport that's given me so much but uh you know sport when i look at it and um you know, some of the staff, you know, if they, if they ever hear this one, you know, they'll, they'll laugh at a, a period of time where I, I, I got myself a football um, and drew out a football pitch. And I said, the way I see business is, is much the same. And, mm. you know, what I mean by that, I look at the accountant as the goalkeeper. You know, they've, they've got to try and keep the ball out of the back of the net and try and keep the cash flow going. Um, yeah. You've got the customer service team. They sit in the middle, you know, um, you know taking the ball, passing the ball forward and, and dealing with, with, with a load of different things. And then you've got, I look at the forwards, um, they've got to try and score the goal. So, you know, my my, my breakdown on is that if the trying to score the goal is is trying to win a new customer and and bringing it back. I can keep going on this one. Um, but uh, <laughs> I can not... see the I can see the set, <laughs> the set plays, the set plays. Yeah, no, and, you know, I, 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 yeah. I'm laughing at myself even doing it, yeah. but um, you know, it's just the way I break things down. And I, yeah. I even look at the the supporters of a football team. Um, I, I look at that and say, well, they're potentially our competitors or our supporters or yeah. supporters that are coming to who actually support a different team. Um, and if you play a certain way um, and you're good on the pitch, can you potentially sometimes get that supporter slash other customer to come and switch over to, to come and support your team? So 
I could I could talk for another week on this one, um, but uh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just my my analogy, and that's the way I understand things. Um, and you know, a, a team, if if you break it that back down to sport, everybody's got a number, everyone's got a KPI, or everyone's got a job. And I think the un, un, unfortunate thing in football, you you look at the highest paid players, they score the goals at the front. Um, and then you've got the defenders that don't necessarily get as much recognition or, you know, as, as, as much salary. And I'm not saying everyone's on the same salary, you know, as, um, yeah, you know, but so. uh, everyone's got a job to do. Everyone's got their own sort of set play. Um, yeah. But if you all work and do your job and you work as a team, um, you'll score more goals. Yeah, and, right. you know, you, yeah. you can go and have a, an enjoyable beer at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, because everybody's sort of working towards the working. same the same direction, the same goal. The common cause, yeah, which is which is really important, isn't it, to get everybody knowing what they're working towards. And and it doesn't matter if some are paid more than others. I think they're often required to take more risk, and and potentially that's maybe why um, you know there's there's further reward there. But yeah, that's really interesting. And you're now coaching your children's soccer team uh so you're bringing the same mindset to their games so kids kids don't necessarily see see things with with that sort of level of maturity how are you finding coaching kids i love it yeah I, honestly it's, it's 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 really enjoyable to see I've, I've done it for six years now same team um going back to my height thing we, <laughs> uh, we, we, <laughs> my, 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 most of the 12 13 year olds are, are taller than me now, taller but, than uh, you now. <laughs> yeah, to, to me life's pretty simple I mean people make it difficult but uh, you know kids to me they're just trying to play a game of football yeah. you know they're, they're trying to play a game and you know we're not talking about premiership football you know is some of the aspiration with children wanting to go and play you know in, in the premiership you know for, for Manchester United or West Ham that's my football team yeah. Um, or even Sydney FC, you know, there's an aspiration to do that with with a lot of people. But, you know, when we're talking about kids' park football, to me, it should be about the enjoyment of it. Yeah. Um, you know, kids don't go out there to go and lose or kids don't go and lose, you know, go out there to go and make a mistake. And I've seen so many coaches that frustrate me that, yeah. you know, they're, they're shouting at children. Yeah. Whereas to me, it's like, well, no, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. Um, if, if you lose, well, could we have done something different? Can you learn from it? Yeah. Um, but most of all, it's like go and enjoy it, children. Yeah. And, you know, coming back to do I see sport and business, you know, similar? I do. You know, I want to win. I'm probably the most competitive person that I know. Yeah. Um, but I'm not I'm not that competitive to go cheat. You know, and it's really teaching, you know, the children or young people in life, yeah. go and do the right thing. You're not always going to win. Yeah. You're not. I mess up every day. But if, if you learn from it, yeah. Um, and, you know, for, for me, going back to the sport thing and, and, and kids from the age of six or 12 or whatever the age they are, just go enjoy it. Yeah, have a good um, time. And if I see that they've enjoyed the game and I've always been told, you know, if, if the kid if the kids turn up with a smile on their face the week after, you've sort of done You're your winning. job. You, you, yeah, you, that's you, exactly you, right. you, you, you are. And, um, yeah, when you, when you see some of the parents that have maybe left the team because they've moved on or, uh, you know, we had girls in a team that you get to a certain age, you can only have boys now. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, so, you know, it's nice to know that some of the people are still playing it with a, you know, they're not, not game face, but with, with a smile on their faces. That, yeah. That's where I get the enjoyment. Excellent. Yeah, I like that. I think it's really important. I think you're right. There's too many too many ser- serious parents out there um, in, in every sport, really, isn't there, that, that aren't sort yeah. of 
there is the right it, attitude. It, it comes back to business as well. And like I say, mm. I, I, I see it really much the same. You know, I've, I've, of course, there's there's a KPI or there's a vision or there's a goal with any business. Yeah, we don't just do it for the love of it. You know, there's 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 transactions behind the scenes. But um, if if we, we're all a long time working, um, yeah. you know, the weekend's quite short. And yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> retirement in years to come. You know, it's it's probably even shorter. Um, yeah. But well, you know, hopefully I always, not. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I I look at it and say to people, well, sometimes there's stress in business. That there is, there's stress in in daily life. But if you can enjoy your time whilst you're at work with people you enjoy, it it, it makes life a lot easier. Sure um, and I go back to that experience that I had for, for a couple of years and I hated every moment of it. And, yeah. you know, I found myself so negative every time I came back. And I was like, I don't want to deal with this. Um, but, you know, you, you yourself, and not you, but, you know, everyone's got a decision. Um, yeah. and it, it, it's harder for some people because they've got big mortgages or whatever it may be and they feel that they can't do what they want to do. But, you know, to me it was like creating an environment where people come to work and, and can do what they do with with some coaching, and for them to walk off the pitch um, yeah. at five o'clock or six o'clock or four o'clock whenever they go home, with a satisfaction that they've yeah. actually done something um, and they've achieved something, um, yeah. and 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 they've done it with a, a bunch of teammates. Yeah. Um, so you know that's that's always my sort of philosophy: go enjoy it, um, yeah. and come to work, and, and and enjoy yourself with people that you you enjoy being with. Yeah, I think it's really important. Um, and, and, you know, a great reminder to everybody that we are responsible for our own journey, aren't we? Obviously, you know, the, the company itself has got its its journey and, and uh, maybe you can't be responsible for everything that occurs on a day-to-day basis, but people can choose to walk away from a job they're not happy with. I think sometimes it, we, we feel trapped, but I think, and there's reasons for that, like big mortgages or about to have a baby or those sort of big life events where you're not certain the time is right to do that. But, you know, I think choice forget that we're, we're completely in control of. Yeah, and I'm not asking people to change their jobs. Um, no. I, <laughs> that's no, one no one the, listening at air. No, that's, that's, that's one for the staff. But no, my, my, my <laughs> point was back, back when I used to work, work where I didn't enjoy it. And um, it took me a couple of years. And there was a reason for that. Again, it was, well, you know, yeah. going back, going, going from two, two uh, incomes yeah. um, to one and, and having your first baby, there's, there's, there's a pressure. Um, but over, over the months and over the years, I was like, well, no one's going to tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, here's a job that's going to be wonderful. It was more about, hey, Cole, it's only you, you know, that can change this situation because the person that created the environment or the toxic culture they're not going to say, well, go because it, it's up to you to do it. And, um, you know, they talk about this big resignation at the moment, whether it's big resignation or is, is it just people are saying, well, I've been treated badly um, over the years. Yeah. Now's the time to go do it. Yeah. Um, you know, that, 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 was, that, that really heightened my – and we've got a really good family, as I, I feel, and people do sort of compliment us on, on, on the culture – We've got a great bun- bun- bunch of people, and yeah. um, you know that was that was one of the points. Is if I've gone through a really stressful period in my caravan state, I call it when I I first got back in March 2020. Yeah, um, I look back on that and say I'm glad I got that experience really early, yeah. because I could probably foresee what other people might be thinking. You know, is the world going to end? Um, <laughs> do I have to cash in my shares? You know, yeah, 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 <laughs> do, yeah. do I have to make that phone call to Tanya and say, look, just sell everything? <laughs> um, you know, and it, and it was. If I was scared, 
there's going to be a lot of other people, other people. as well. Yeah. So it, it, I, I was I was fortunate now going through that experience because we've got an array of people that come from all sides of the planet. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's in New Zealand, from Russia, um, from 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 China, from, yeah. from from the UK, from South America, and you know, obviously, I, th- I think the the government have done a, a good job over here. They shut the borders down. Yeah. Um, so protected us in the first instance from from the virus, but um, you know there's, there's a negative effect on that as well because if you've got mm. people inverted commas uh, trapped in the country yeah. and they can't go and see their family, there's that emotion that people have as well. So yeah, yeah. Pe- people have just been on a roller coaster. Really oh, have. it's it's definitely been a roller coaster. I I think no one would disagree, and I, I think you're right. I think um, you know the benefit of hindsight. We're we're two years out now and and we probably look back and say yes I think it was a great move at the start but then we saw uh the negative in, and there's always pros and cons to every mm-hmm. situation right so we started to see the negatives of people feeling trapped or, or literally being trapped here and not being able to go home and family um and friends are, are vital for for certain people and and that was really challenging and and I guess um you know other consequences are starting to roll out now like we're seeing people changing jobs at, at record rates and I think it will be interesting in say another two years to look at how that's played out um, in people's lives because maybe if we're a happier nation because everybody's going to move to where they want it there might be that that positivity flowing on coal. <laughs> <laughs> they might also think what the hell did I do? <laughs> well they might let's hope not let's hope they go with the Colin economy and and go positive and and we we all come out of this feeling happier and stronger as a nation. Yeah I'd, I'd hope so I mean I think we've all learned a lot definitely a bit more gratitude and there's a reason for everything that's that's probably my attitude it's yeah, and I think, um, you know, there's a lot more talk about the collective and, you know, I, I think that that's a really strong word and something that um, people are more conscious of now that we, we were becoming, um, you know, consumers and self-obsessed and, and I think we're now starting to think of others more and, and be aware of others and the impact like you've talked about in your business and, and that flow and effect to other people and being you know, the leader that you are, being able to sort of think and put yourself in other people's shoes and and um, keep them happy and keep them confident um, is vital. Perhaps you should run for the next election. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I mean, e- empathy was always something that, uh, you know, my mum my, my had taught me. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's such a good thing to put yourself in the shoes of others. Okay. Um, and, yeah, as, as, as a business owner or leader, um, manager, um, or just a, a person. Um, it, it's always it, that it, it should be that. It doesn't matter what you do or who you are. It's if if you do think about it from the other person's perspective. Yeah. Um, you know what are they going through? You know just How because we just just because we're going through others. stuff. It's it's looking at others and saying, well, what does it mean for them? Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Perfect. So I'm going to pivot a little way from that now and just maybe ask you a few money lesson questions or, or money tips if, you, if you're willing to share. I mean, I think it's interesting when you run a business, you're sort of running two balance sheets. You've got the, the company's balance sheet and, and uh, you talked about when COVID hit, how, you know, fixed expenses for staff, you know, they weren't going anywhere. They were short of their job. But some of those discretionary items, um, if, we, if we want to categorise them in that way had to change to make sure you could sort of period of time where I guess there was uncertainty so you know um, everybody tightens their belt 
um, in, in those sort of situations. And then you've got your own personal life. I mean, what are some of the, the lessons that you've learned financially through business and does that carry through in, in your personal life? What would you like to share? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it, it, they're, they're different transactions, you know, because, you know, when you've got family at, at work and then you've got family at home, I, I don't see it that much different. Yeah. Um, but obviously there's there's a different spend. And, uh, you know, you asked me the question first up, you know, am I, am I a spender or am I a saver um, or am I sort of in between? And, and I said both. And, you know, I, I, I am in business and I, I am, am at home. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to teach my, my son, Lockie, he's, he's 13. He thinks he's 18 already, but, um, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to teach him the same sort of concept. Um, you know, we've, we, he gets five, $10 pocket money. He's got to put the bins out. He's got to do the dishwasher. And, um, you know, um, he, he spends everything. And I sort of get frustrated. Um, you know, I do because, you know, I suppose at the age of 47, 48, you've, you, you should know a little bit more than a 13-year-old. And, and I think that he should know more. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm saying, mate, you, you've got a little bit of money. You don't have to spend anything. But, you know, he sees the dollars. He sees a computer game or he sees a pair of trains. He wants to buy them. So he's doing nothing wrong. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to teach him spend a bit save a bit and uh you know go back to sports so you know he's he's not going to play this year and um a few months ago he said that he goes i don't want to play football anymore he goes but i want to be a referee um so uh he wants to earn his own money so Great. um you know that there's 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 a bit of a lesson in, in there i just want to sort of teach him you know to to do a bit of both and you know yeah. understand money at an early age that it doesn't just grow on trees yeah um, you know come into a balance sheet it's like well there's your balance sheet right He's he's yeah. got money in the bank and he doesn't know what he wants. Um, yeah. You know, and it's the same in business. You know, you've got to ask yourself the question: um, Is it a want, and is it a need? Yeah. Um, and if it's a need, it's it's a different it's it's a different mindset. If you really need to do it um, because I don't know, um, you haven't got enough salespeople. You've you, you've got to speculate to accumulate. You've got to go and spend sixty thousand or a hundred thousand. Well, if it's a need because you want new customers, well, you you need to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of a want, well, the, I'm just trying to think of a want in, in, in business. Do I want to do something? Um, do I want to spend a little bit more money on the staff? Should I take them to, I'm going to say McDonald's or should I take them to Cafe <laughs> Sydney? Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's about the experience, about want and need it are really two different pathways. And yeah. um, they're, 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 they're two of the things I think you've got to look out for in, in business and in life and, yeah. and, and make the right decision. Yeah, and and you know if I if I put my planning hat on, I, I think if you think about it in the business context, um, we're very good in in business at planning. We we probably spend time doing that. We sit down and look at where we've come from and where we're going and what's on the radar for the next twelve months or two weeks or what whatever time frame you you work with your team, and that often then translates back to the dollars. So we're conscious of what's coming in and going out and what needs to happen and. What is a project we want to do, uh, which might be those wants more than needs, um, and and how can we get you know the, the money in to do that? But we often don't do it in our personal lives, you know, and that's that's where I think it's interesting that we can be really good at doing that in business, but not we don't see our personal situation as literally a balance sheet and looking at those. No, we don't. And I mean, I, I know this isn't a plug plug for you, or not supposed to be, but I, I'll make it a plug because um, you know this is going back to my my business partner Pat. Um, you know, years ago, there was, there was a couple of tips that he gave to me that I try and pass on to other people, um, in particular, some of the younger uh, team members. 
you know, so a couple of things, you know, he did um, was, hey, Cole, you need to increase your super payments. And I'm like, hold on a bit. I'm in my 30s. I don't need to worry about that until I'm old. And, of course, in hindsight, I, I did listen to him and I did do what he said, um, but it's not the attitude to have in terms of it's for when you get older. Well, you grow up to be old and um, I suppose, you know, anyone that does listen, it's like, well, it's all about the compound. So, yeah. you know, yes, I was going to say 9.5% is 10% super now. And of course that's going to go up over the years, but as a youngster, you just want to go out to, you know, the best, not best restaurant. You probably just want to go and drink as many beers as you possibly can or, or the cocktails. And you don't think about the extra $5 or $10 that you could put into superannuation. And, you know, to me, if you, if, if you don't spend that extra beer and you put that into super in years to come, the compound interest is going to be much more. So that was definitely one tip that Pat gave to me. And then, you know, the other one, the plug is, you know, he introduced me to you. Um, and uh, again, going back to your point, I don't think as, as individuals, you know, we ne necessarily see our um, personal life as, as transactional in terms of finances. We, we might live week to week or month to month and, um, you know, definitely in COVID, people have probably learned themselves a few lessons about having a bit more reserve. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't look years ahead. And uh, it's funny, I was talking to the accountant yesterday, true story, and he said, Cole, you look three or four years ahead now. And I said, well, <laughs> it's because I got introduced to the right people. Um, you know, so it is about the investment and what you can do with your money. Um, yeah. You don't necessarily have to spend it all, but you can invest a bit, you can spend, save a bit. And um, yeah, so... There's, so there's, there's, there. there's your um, there's your advice for Lockie, I think, isn't it? Basically, I, it, speak to it, you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> you can bring him in. Actually, that'd be kind of fun. But um, and look, I can't get my own children to listen to me when it comes to finances. So my theory is with kids, actually, and and I'd love for anyone to to let me know if they've got um, any other advice. But again, parenting is the same the same thing, isn't it? We we're all trying our best, but we actually have no clue what we're doing and and um, I haven't <laughs> yeah I haven't either so you know you try things that you you think might work or you use analogies like sport that might that they might relate to but I think sometimes for kids I've got two two ideas I always sort of think well they sometimes they just need to make mistakes to to learn the lessons because I think we we all learn a lot through life through our lessons and the lesson is make sure you learn something from it. Don't just keep making the same mistake again. So I think for kids, uh, and I also feel for kids, it's the one time that they never have any responsibilities or, or worries. Um, and so maybe they should just be, you know, going to the shop and buying the lollies or games that they want and not worrying about it. But I agree that in theory, we've got to teach people to to think about their needs and wants. And maybe that's the conversation for Lucky. It might just be sitting down and sort of saying, well, you know, imagine if you had a hundred dollars, what would you buy rather than your ten dollars a week? And then therefore, would you would you, you know, try and delay the gratification and, and move towards that hundred dollar goal and that and might it, get in. That's that to me scares me a little bit now because you know I'll, I'll go back to a little story when I was back yeah. at 18 years and old and got, got a credit card. But you know, the, the instant gratification, it's so mm. easy with your Facebooks and all your social media. We can't even queue up for a coffee without getting frustrated now. Um, and yeah. of course you can buy online, it gets delivered the next day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I shouldn't get frustrated by it, but, you know, it's, it's more about me learning as much as, you know, for, for the children. Yeah. Well, I go back to 18 years old when I, I got my first credit card and I'm not going to say dollars, it was pounds in England and still is. Um, yeah. I'd got uh, a limit of 500 pounds and, you know, each month I kept spending thinking it was my money. 
Yeah. And then, you know, it got to about six months and I've, I think it got to about 515 pounds. I got the letter back from the bank saying you're overdue. So I paid my 16 pounds to get it under the limit. Yeah. And then about a week later, they sent me another one to say, <laughs> hey, we'll increase your limit to 800. So, of course, as a kid at the 18, 19, you're going, I've got another 300 pounds to spend. And, of course, when you're earning not much at all, to actually pay that back, it was going to take ages. So um, I phoned up the bank and I said, I need to get rid of this. So they gave me a loan for 12 months to pay it off. And I had to cut up the card in front of them yeah. um, to say, well, I'm not going to use this again. So, of course, it was just to me, that's probably uh, you know, a real good lesson for me and maybe yeah. for others. You know, spend within your means. Um, but it, I, I learned all of a sudden, sudden really, really quickly at such an early age, this is going to get out of hand because they're just going to keep up in the limit. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, 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 it was, yeah, this is brilliant. I can go and buy a, pe- a new pair of trainers. But yeah. to me, to go back and say, right, regular payments, that's great. I can afford it. And to pay it off within 12 months. Yeah, um, it learned a lesson that, you know, that's what mortgages are. <laughs> um, and, and that's, that's what bills are. <laughs> that's exactly right. And you learned the lesson early, which is which is really important. And, and a lot of people don't get that chance or they make the same mistake again. And I guess there's marketing and so on that, that goes around with that. It's great that your bank made you cut that card up in front of you. I wish more. Um, mm. lending lending or credit facilities would actually um, have the same boundaries um, around things like that because I think that's really important and people definitely don't realise it's their money they're spending. Um, and, and the instant gratification thing is is definitely hard and that's that's where I think it's hard for our kids because we saw our parents save for six months for a new lounge oh. or something like that, but we we our kids don't see that. No. Um, they see a very different thing. If mum and dad are talking about a new lounge or whatever, it's delivered, you know, two weeks later. So um, no wonder they're expecting that everything is is sort of there on tap. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting with how we do educate the kids or the next generation um, on de- delayed gratification, which is certainly no fun. But, um, look, I think that's been a really great discussion. I'm not sure if there's anything else you'd, you'd like to add, but um, I think... You know, for me, you you still always very positive. I love your sports analogies with with everything you do, and um, and I think your team um, would agree in saying that you created a great family at home as well as at work, which is really really great to see. Thanks, Tanya. Honestly, I really enjoyed the conversation. It's yeah, it's always good to catch up. Anyway, it is. Um, it I, is. I was I was a bit nervous this morning, thinking, what do I do? <laughs> Do I do my hair? (laughs) And next time we'll catch up and and have a beer. That's an easier chat, right? Perfect. Yeah, sounds good. All right, thanks a lot. Time this morning. Enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers. Bye. This podcast is for general information only. It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision making, nor to be taken as a substitute for personal advice. Please contact Amplify Wealth Management to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. Money Mind. If you have any questions about your financial future, please head to amplifywealth.com.au. Money Mind is available to download and subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.